Chapter 1. Sylvie Back then, when life seemed so simple, before she knew what life was capable of throwing at her, Sylvie was a natural worrier. Anxiety followed her around like a small, dank cloud, convincing her that something terrible was just about to happen. As a child, she worried about her mother's rages, which didn't stop them coming. As a young woman, she worried about making enough money as a textile designer, which meant she had to supplement her career by painting houses. As a young mother, she worried Eve would roll onto her front and never wake up. And when Jonathan was late home from work, she worried something had happened to him. She wasn't worried, however, the morning he sat on her side of the bed, leaning over to tie his cycling shoes before rolling gently on top of her and kissing her, tiptoeing his fingers up her inner thigh as she gave up all pretense of being asleep and giggled, shoving his hand away. Nice ass, she called out, opening one eye as he reached the doorway, causing him to spin and adopt a model pose before blowing her a kiss and clomping down the stairs. Thirty minutes later, she was cutting a piece of toast into slices for Eve, who was meticulously nibbling up to the crust before giving each crust a name and personality, dancing them around her small purple melamine plate. When a police car pulled up outside the window, Sylvie froze. Evie, sensing something, climbed onto her mother's lap, curling up and sucking her thumb. There was no way they could have known, and yet they both knew. Moments later, the doorbell rang. She knew the police were on the other side. Before she even opened the door, she could see their expressions of sympathy. Knew they would gently ask her if she knew a Jonathan Hayden. When she said she was his wife, they would look down at the ground for a second, their faces racked with sadness, wishing they didn't have to tell this young wife and mother that her husband would not be coming home. Wishing right now they were anywhere else but here. For years, she wasn't able to say the words that now come so easily without her throat closing or her eyes pricking. My first husband died. Brain aneurysm. Yes, it was a tragedy. Fourteen years later, she can say the words without feeling a wave of loss wash over her. She can, and does, stop suddenly while walking down a street or in a store, because she has seen someone who has his walk or smell or hair. But now she can stop, remember, and keep moving, without being engulfed by loss and grief and pain. She moved to La Jolla, found friends through Eve's kindergarten, was building a new life in which she was, if not happy, content. She worked in an art gallery part-time, occasionally exhibiting and selling her paintings in one of the cafes in town. She had stopped worrying, waiting for the worst to happen, because it had already happened and she had survived. On her own for three years after Jonathan's death, she'd become self-sufficient, a tight unit with Eve, Dating didn't interest her, despite the kind offers to fix her up. Neither did the prospect of merging her life with someone else's. Dating, kissing, making love with someone other than Jonathan would have been a betrayal she wasn't willing to make. When she did make it, it didn't feel like a betrayal. It felt right, as if Jonathan had given her his blessing. Eleven years after meeting Mark, Sylvie does not often indulge memories of Jonathan, As the years have passed, she has, largely out of respect for Mark, allowed them to fade. 
She was so young when she was with Jonathan, so unaware of the enduring nature of marriage, of the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the work required to keep you in the game. She had only four years with Jonathan. When he died, they were...